0: This is part three in the series about religion and war. Obviously, we are trying to build a Masara that we've lost for 2,000 years, and because of that, we can't open up a Sam Sofer or a Maharal, necessarily, and have a direct statement about what war means. Jews never really went to war. They suffered at the hands of war. Obviously, we can look back to their statements about Tanakh, but obviously... There's a lot that those statements don't cover. <clears throat> so I'm trying as best as I can to think through this experience and to develop a Masara based on our Chazal and based on the Psukim and based on some of the ideas that my taught me. I'd like to talk about the interaction between understanding obviously, Hashem Ishmael Chama, Hashem Shemo, Hashem Yilachem Lachem, the And yet, somehow, this offset between knowing that Hashem is the real warrior and the real conductor of wars, but still believing in our own war abilities, that offset is not as contradictory and clashing as it normally is. Let me explain. At least in the Torah, the psukim that warn us against attributing too much to ourselves and attributing too much to our own accomplishments, the famous syndrome of kochi, viotzim yadi, asali li esachayil hazeh, or as we say in, in Devarim, yadeinu rama, our hands are high, v'lo Hashem pa'al kalele. that fear the Torah has of arrogance and self-attribution, becoming too cocky and filled with, pride at your own successes rather than attributing your success to HaKadosh Baruch that isn't said about war. That's said about financial success, building cities, building homes, in a larger sense, socioeconomic success, building a stable society. At no point does the Torah say, be careful when you go to war, don't become too self-content and don't attribute it to yourself as opposed to HaKadosh Baruch At least it's not in the Torah. The closest we have in the Torah is, of course, Parsha Shoftin, where on the eve of war, the Kohen, Kohen Mashuach Mulchama, gathers the troops and gives them a pep talk, which clearly reminds them. But keep in mind that functionally, that speech is not a theological corrector that they shouldn't attribute too much to their own success. It's a morale booster. They shouldn't be afraid. Because is mishalech the lechem So at least in the Torah, you don't have, you don't have a situation where the Torah is warning you don't let it get to your head and don't attribute it to your own ability. Now, let's start with Tanakh. In Tanakh, you have several episodes which imply that danger. But keep in mind, the Torah doesn't warn against that danger, and I'll try to offer my reason as to why there's no stern warning, as there is about financial success. So, obviously, you have people recognizing the Eila Varacha, the syndrome, as I call it in other this, Hashem, Chama. So, after the war between Devarah and Barak and Sisra, and the sheer of Devarah and Shoftim Perakhe, Min Hashamayim Nielchamu, Chamu, Silosam Nielchamu and Sisra, they knew that it was the stars. And again, it depends upon the type of war. Sometimes we're Zoha to such a supernatural war where the stars are fighting with their enemies. Could you imagine now, if we're zocha somehow there's some natural force that overwhelms these terror tunnels. And our, just like it was in Mitzrayim, and our hostages walk out freely. So it would be obvious to us, this is not my say, Adam. It would be obvious to us that it's, again, parake pasichaf, min shamayim kochavim mimsilosam nilchamu imsisra. In Shmuel Aleph, Perak Yudzayin, everyone will know, v'chanis Hashem. Hashem doesn't uh, save us <coughs> with our own swords and our own spears. Um, if you look in Shoften, another example. So in Shoften, I think it's in Perak Zayin, in Shoften, I forgot to bring my Tanakh, so I'll just uh, quote it in general, maybe I'll just... Pause for a second, look it up on my phone while I'm speaking. So in Shoftim, Paragzim, which I now have pulled up on my phone, so Gidon, who's trying to war with, or as he's called Yerubal, trying to war with Midjan, gathers a huge force. And let's see, the huge force is 22,000 um, 22, people in the initial force. Sorry, someone's just walking by outside. And Hashem tells Gidon it's too much, too large a force. I'm not going to deliver Midian to 22,000 soldiers. Because if 22,000 people capture Mijan, they'll attribute it to their own war-making abilities. Tell them to return. <coughs> and at that point, <coughs> 20,000 um, stay and 10,000 remain. I'm sorry, there's 32,000. I apologize. And then Hashem says in Pasach Dalet, Oh Rab, there's still too many people go down to the water, and I'll give the test. I know the famous question, how they drink. Do they drink from the river directly, like a kelev, or do they drink from their hands? And basically, the only soldiers that are left from the original 32,000 member army are 300 soldiers. And Akadosh Baruch Hu rescues the Jewish people and defeats Midjan with 300 rather than 32,000 because he doesn't want them to self-attribute. Or, as the Ramban explains, the whole sad instance of Pileges Begiva. What happened in Pileges Begiva? This is the end of Shoftim. Perak um, Yurtes Pasach HaFalev. What, what's the word I should use? Thugs and, um, and Anche Bilial, people of no mercy, from a certain location in Minyamin, physically molest a woman from the section of Ephraim, from the territory of Ephraim, those was guesting, was being a guest in their territory. The nation is shocked by these horrors and these atrocities. And the entire nation gathers to war against Binyamin. Now the deck is stacked because, if I remember correctly, there are 400,000 soldiers from the general population facing an army of 26,000 soldiers from Binyamin. And before the Jewish people enter the battle, they ask Hashem the Jewish people But most of the Shavuot, Who should lead the battle? And the response is Yehuda, And yet on day one, they suffer 22,000 losses. This 400,000 member army suffers 22,000 losses of life to the 26,000 member army of Binyamin. And they come in front of Hashem and they dive in and they ask, should we go up to war again? Because they realize they made a mistake and Hashem says, go to war. And now on the second day, let's focus on the second day. On the second day, another 18,000 soldiers in the general union, as we would say, if this is a civil war, in the general union of Shemat or So it's altogether, 40,000 soldiers. Now, what? why did they lose on the second day? The first day it sounds like they didn't ask properly without getting into the weeds on that issue, the weeds on that issue. But the Ramban says, as the Ramban and the reason they suffered that second loss is because even though they were asking HaKadosh Baruch should they go to battle, they were still in a frame of mind of it's their battle and they're responsible for the victory and they're the reason because of their overwhelming numbers. And Hashem couldn't award them victory under those terms. So they lost another 18,000 because they entered the war with incorrect assumptions. Or, as the Maharal says about Hanukkah, Maral says that Hanukkah was not about the Pach Shemin per se, it was more about the military victory, but being that that war was not fought supernaturally, it was Rabin bi'ad Me'atim was fought with war tactics, there was a danger that it wouldn't be attributed to Hashem. And the Pach Shemin demonstrated the Nisim of Hashem that were running under the surface, coursing under the surface of this war. So there's no question that even though the Torah doesn't warn directly that Hashem is Hanosin Lecha Korach Chayil, as opposed to self-attribution, it is a constant refrain and a constant worry in Tanakh, and, according to the Roman, it can lead to the death of 18,000 soldiers. It's not just, oops, I made a mistake, but the oops leads to severe and stiff consequences. <laughs> Yet, despite all this, the Torah doesn't warn about it. And despite all this, listen to the following madras. There are plenty of Midrashim, in which David and Melech says, for example, David HaMelech says Hamelamed. I mean, let me find the medrash for a second. Yarad lemilchama benitzach. David was victorious in war. He says Lo mikvurotai nitzachti. I wasn't successful because of my own strength. Elu hu asreini vuhin sechani. Hashem helped me. Quoting the pasuk in Tehillim Yitches hakel hamasreini chayel who gives me the strength. Baruch Hashem tsuri hamelamed Yadai lekra. He torqued my fingers to to war. Etsbe osay lemilchama. But then there's another medrash, and this is a much more subtle medrash. Listen to the medrash. I'm just going to summarize it. Davara, David HaMelech, all praise Hashem for their victory. And what does Hashem say? They're all praising Hashem. Amr David, let's just choose the voice of David. Hashem You are leading the war, and you deserve the victory in the victory parade. Amr Baruch David, you're giving me credit. I'm giving you credit. There's two or three Midrash. I think the, the language, I don't have all the Midrash. And finally, Despite the fact that Hashem wants us to realize that it's His Nitzachon, He also wants us to take a share in the success. And it seems to be that that share that Hashem wants us to take is not as contradictory to realizing HaKadosh Baruch Hu's role in Muhammad as it normally is. There's something about war in which this tension between kochi biyots as opposed to Amuna and understanding as Hashem that in war makes that tension less of an issue. And Hashem wants us to on the one hand see His hand and on the other hand take pride. I remember I was raised in more of a Haredi upbringing and I heard certain things which didn't necessarily Jar me the wrong way then, but looking back at that, I'm very jarring. I remember the statement. I don't know where he heard it, but that in 1967, Mashiach would have come or could have come. There was a Messianic moment, and the reason it didn't is because of all the celebrations in the streets, lording the soldiers, kol kol Again, when I was younger and I wasn't as ideologically sensitive, I found it to be disproportionate. It's a Baruch Hu would squander or would forfeit a messianic moment because of some this is not like a terrible federal crime it's not like everyone's denying Hashem. they're just celebrating soldiers but again later in my life when i had reminiscence about those statements it it rubbed me the wrong way and what is it about war in which the gap or the dissonance between attribution to hashem and attribution to yourself is not contradictory i don't know to be honest i'll tell you what i think If you compare financial success to war, financial success, financial success doesn't demand ego and confidence in yourself. It demands certain skills, business skills, and Hashem fully expects there to be a balance between what we call heshtadlus and and Hashem, between taking efforts. Hashem rewards people who take first steps and put forth effort, as long as they know HaKadosh Baruch Hu causes it. So the appropriate steps there are not mental and ego and confidence. The appropriate steps are going to business school, getting a degree, making connections, networking. I'm not a businessman, but whatever skills are necessary to succeed at business. And implementing those tools and exercising those skills and honing those skills isn't seen as a lack of faith. Taking egotistical pride and feeling confident in yourself, that is a lack of amuna. War is different. As someone whose children are in the army, as someone who just came back from visiting various army bases, the skills to succeed in war aren't just uh, military, how to shoot a gun and how to... That's what's so difficult about the whole prospect of Haredi enlistment is it's not just skills that you train, it's also a certain it's an attitude, it's a culture, there's a very, very deep culture in the army of different units and pride in units and flags and These aren't patently religious. Obviously, religious soldiers are able to fuse the two. But for a soldier to be successful, there's a culture. And part of that culture is ego and pride. And you see in some of the videos that are being spread around the high morale, and hopefully that high morale will continue on the part of our soldiers to not take revenge, but to eradicate these beasts who committed such horrible, horrible crimes against humanity and our people. And you have to believe in yourself, and you have to believe in your skills, and you have to be, to a degree, aggressive, and you have to... And those skills are not just the technical skills that you need to be a businessman. Those are skills of, of an emotional nature. That you believe in yourself, and you believe in your military prowess. So there's a medrash, a very famous medrash. Unfortunately, I've heard this medrash too often the last couple of weeks because they're often cited at funerals. Because so many of the kids who, unfortunately, so many of the kids who unfortunately were killed, they were just very delicate, um, tender, sensitive, and, and yet they battled like lions, and they defended our people, and this is a medrash that I've often heard, and it's a well-known medrash, and I apologize if you've heard it before, but the medrash reads as follows. The and Shmuel Beis, says, of Kimmel, David. These were the names of the uh, warriors that David uh, enlisted. And Rosh Hashlishi, the head of the 3rd Battalion or something, who Adino Ha'etzni, He was a man named Adino Ha'etzni, al Shimonemeos echas. And evidently, he killed 800 people in one shot. Very well known Gemara, Moid Katan contrasts the word Adino to Etzni, whether it was David or one of his generals, but it was a metaphor. Batara. When we're sitting and learning Torah, he was soft like a worm. It means Torah is the study of ideas study of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Rachamim, the Torah is called Rachmana. Torah should make you a soft person, Torah should make you a sensitive person, Torah should make you a thinking person. Those are not typically the skills and the modalities vital for success in war. To be successful in war, you can't be too sensitive, you can't be too soft, you have to be aggressive, you have to be militant. And this Adino Ohaetzni was Adin, was soft and, and delicate when he studied Torah. Yet when he went to battle, he became like a piece of wood. He went from being adino to being haetzni, to being as strong as a piece of wood. And that just reminds us that in order to succeed in battle, you have to be an AIDS. So it's not just you need the skills to shoot a gun like you need the schools in business school. You need the belief in yourself and the strength and the self-assertion and the self-empowerment and the culture and the awards and the medals and the culture and and the pride, and the flags. And to to be honest, I think that's why you can't just, you know, land the uh, 1500 Haredim and just expect a real, real Haredim. Much of the enlistment, I think, from what I'm following, is not the hardcore yeshiva Bachar. It's people who are at the margins of Haredi society anyway. They're not margins in a bad way. Older people, people in the business world, who feel, you know, in their mind... Legitimately concerned that they're not contributing, even though they're not directly involved in the day to day learning. It's not as if the Batya Medrash of Hebron and Panevish and Mir are all opening up, let alone the Hasidic Shevel. And it's not so easy because it is a cultural change. And I understand those, again, I don't agree with, but I understand those who are opposed to Haredi enlistment because you're entering a whole different culture. And that culture is very different from the submissiveness that. Um, classic Talmud Torah and classic, um, I see a I say classic of Hodes Hashem because I believe serving the army is also of Hodes Hashem, but it's a real important shift and it's not easy to make the shift. And to be honest, they have a legitimate point. It's hard to shift in, in between those two worlds. But getting back to the point of this sheer of this little section, is that's why Hashem does not demand one or the other. Because you can't be successful without Ishtadlis. And Ishtadlis in battle is not just the technical skills necessary to succeed in battle, but also the self-awareness and the self-consciousness and the pride. And that's why Hashem says, unlike material wealth, in which Hashem does not want us to engage in any self-attribution, when it comes to army, on the one hand, He doesn't want, again, as the Pesach, in just to quote the Pesach again, the about Gid'on, Hashem does not want too many people to victor, to triumph in battle, because He doesn't want them to be that Am Yisrael should take full credit. But on the other hand, David HaMalach is told by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's both of our our triumph, because you can't be Mishdadel unless you believe in part that you're the partner with Hashem and you and you victored in battle. And I think Hashem programmed natural wars. Obviously we hope for unnatural wars, we hope for Nisim and niflos, but natural wars directed by Hashem, it's absolutely imperative that we struggle to attribute to Hashem and attribute it to us, and I think a lot of people are, are somehow going through that that tension. I'm a firm yid, I'm a Bentara, tara, a bastar, and I'm thinking about and it's all Hashem, and yet we're proud of our soldiers, and the soldiers did it in this war, and that and that story, and this medal, and somehow in war, that offset is not as contradictory, and tense, and dissonant as it is normally. So like I said, this is very choppy ideas. And as I'm saying it, I'm trying to find the words There's a lot of noise around me. But these are Masaras that we don't have as clear a path through. And we have to start rebuilding as we're unfortunately going through this war that was cast upon us.